Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Guests later, your calls now, including two weeks before Christmas Day. That is today, by the way, December 11th. A holiday question for you. If you could give any gift to any coach or athlete or other sports figure, college or pro, what would it be and why? I had a chance to check my inbox. We do have lines open. Phone calls are priority. 1-800-849-2761. TJ in Charlotte goes the practical route with his holiday gift idea. He just wants to give injured quarterback Cam Newton a healthy foot. Very nice, TJ. Very nice. He did have his surgery on his Liz, Liz Frank problem. He is expected to be healthy by this coming spring and by training camp. Will that be with the Panthers or somebody else? Not sure. Cindy in Chapel Hill also has a warm and fuzzy heart gift idea. She wants to give Ron Rivera, generally celebrated even through his dismissal by many in the Carolinas as a good coach and an even better man, she wants Ron Rivera to get in his Christmas stocking an even better NFL head coaching job. That's very nice, Cindy. I don't know how many are better than the Panthers. That's a good job. But as we were discussing with our college football question of the day, I don't think the Panthers' job would be considered one of the 10 best in the NFL. I don't think any college football job in our state, all due respect to Eli Drinkwitz calling the App State job that, I don't think anybody qualifies as a top 25 college football job here plenty of good college basketball jobs here not as much on the college football side you can be next on that question of the day if you could give any gift to any coach athlete or other sports figure college or pro what would it be and why dustin in greenville was the one who deserves credit for the muffler idea he wants legendary broadcaster dick vital who can be a loud guy to have a muffler virgil in Asheville says he wants to give UNC basketball coach Roy Williams a three-point shooter. I think that's kind of creative, given the Tar Heels' offensive woes. And it is Tom, Tommy in Mebane says that his holiday gift to the NC State Athletic Department is really good lawyers as they continue their battle with the NCAA. See, that's creative stuff. Question of the day, two weeks before Christmas Day, if you could give any gift to any coach, athlete, school, or other sports figure, franchise as well, what would it be and why? You can be next with your answer to that one at 1-800-849-2761. If you're an NBA fan, or maybe even not, if you're a Toronto Raptors fan in attendance tonight, as the guy who was the number one reason you won the NBA title last year is representing the L.A. Clippers, meaning your opposition tonight. So Kawhi gets his championship ring, but he's the enemy now, and he left of his own volition. He was not traded. He did not break a contract or anything, but he was a free agent. His deal with the Raptors was over after that trade from San Antonio, and he signed with the Clippers. If you're a Raptors fan, is it all warm and fuzzies? Do you just celebrate Kawhi for what he gave you, or do you have some of that, she was a great person, but I'll never get over the ex-girlfriend who dumped me sentiment? If I'm a Raptors fan, I'm celebrating Kawhi, but I know why that could be a complicated thing when someone leaves you, in this case, after only one year in the Raptors uniform. It was that good a year, though, is the way I would choose to remember it. And finally, what makes a college football job a great job or a top 25 job? Do we even have one in this state? Y'all know what the best jobs include, Alabama and Ohio State, and given what Dabo Sweeney has built, the Clemson job, I think Mike Norvell just took a top 25 job at worst at Florida State. He went from Memphis, which would not be a great job by the broader standard. Good job in the American Athletic Conference? Yes. 
Did Eli Drinkwitz have the best job in the Sun Belt Conference? Yes. But it's really hard to describe anybody outside the Power Five as a top 25 job. You can make an argument. If you're the very best job in your league, and that league is the Mountain West or the AAC or another quality league, you know, is Boise State a top 25 job? Is App State a top 25 job? Is the best job in the American a top 25 job? Maybe, maybe not. Everybody agrees that if you're Ohio State or Alabama or you're Clemson, if you're one of the five best jobs in the SEC in football, the league that's usually best in that sport, of course you're a top 25 job. Not just Alabama. LSU's a top 10 job, I would say. Florida and Georgia, you could make arguments that they're top 10 jobs. How many more in that league fit that description? The SEC is going to have more than five of the top 25. The ACC, how many would it have? Clemson, for sure. Florida State, for sure, top 25 job. You could make an argument top 10, maybe, maybe not. I'd say that Virginia Tech, given its football tradition and stadium and facilities and budget and passionate fans and tradition and playing for a national title, I'd call Virginia Tech a top 25 job. How many more are there in the ACC? I don't know, but it's not a lot more, if any. 1-800-849-2761. You can jump in on any of those questions of the day. Daniel is in Greenville. Chris is in Fayetteville. You can join us from the mountains or the beach or anywhere you'd like to live in between. Tim Brando on college football in about 50 minutes. Let's go to Daniel. He has a holiday gift idea in mind. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, um, I'd like to give Cliff Godwin baseball oh, yeah. trip to Omaha. Oh, man. Let me contribute to that holiday gift idea. Coach Godwin is a tough-as-nails dude and a former player, and I find him to be a lot of fun with fans and media. He's, he's the kind of guy that I would like to play for. Sadly, my eligibility is long gone, and I cannot help the Pirates. Uh, but I'm with you, man. ECU loves its baseball. Cliff Godwin is the perfect fit for that job. And they've come close, right? But a trip to Omaha, that's a heck of a holiday gift idea. You know what Coach Godwin would probably say? Daniel in Greenville, DG want to give him this gift. You know what he would say? My guy's got to earn it. We don't take gifts from anybody. He would laugh when he said that, and he would probably appreciate that we're thinking of him. But you know how his mentality it just kind of exudes, yeah, we'll get what we earn, man. We don't need gifts from anybody. I like the way you're thinking, though, Daniel. Way to play the game. Chris is in Fayetteville. He has another great holiday gift idea. If you could give any gift to any coach, athlete, or other sports figure, college, pro, current, former, whatever, what would that gift be and why you have exactly two weeks to complete your Christmas shopping and from what I've heard, you want to get it done early because those lines get really, really, really ugly closer to the 25th. Chris, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thank you, David. Uh, how fitting that your former uh, caller, his name is Daniel, because if I could give any gift to any former athlete, it would be Daniel Constantine Marino Jr. Wow. would get a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, th there's a kind place in your heart, clearly, Chris, because people describe Dan Marino as arguably the greatest uh, quarterback never to win a Super Bowl. I've told stories about being at St. Thomas University way back in the day as an undergrad when the Dolphins held training camp there. Legendary. I, and I'm, I'm contributing to Chris's gift as well. I think I've – Darren, have you been with me? Dan Marino, practice is over. Remember, we're college kids. We barely have two nickels to rub together. He'll go to the local college bar. I think it was called the Rat at our university. The Rathskeller, right? The Rat. 
And, you know, we might have enough cash for the occasional beer or two where we old enough, of course. And the Dolphins, at the end of practice, would some of them go into the bar. And Dan Marino would just grab his wallet uh, out, put a big wad of cash on the table and say, I'm buying for everybody. So even if I did not admire him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I have a very personal, I mean, come on. I hope you always remember me, Darren, as a younger, less wealthy guy over these last four years. The occasional dinner, you know, God knows plenty of adult beverages. <laughs> I want to be your Dan Marino. When I was poor and hanging out at the college bar, Dan Marino, I was just part of the crowd. It wasn't for me personally. See that, Darren? I'm buying it personally for you. I was sort of collateral damage for Dan Marino as he was just springing for everybody in sight. How could you not? But that's he, he was a fun guy. I don't know him personally. And he certainly, as a football player, it hurts. It has to hurt to be that good at whatever you do in life, but to so often come up in a negative conversation. Like if you're the best golfer without a major, it's kind of a compliment that your name comes up, right? But you're one of the best in the world because your name comes up. If you weren't one of the best in the world, nobody would be thinking of you. But how often do you hear the name Dan Marino, and what percentage of that time is it best quarterback without a Super Bowl ring? Ninety uh, percent of the time he's brought up. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, horrible. The guy lived his football life in a Hall of Fame caliber way, and ninety percent of the time you hear his name, it's best quarterback without a Super Bowl ring. That's just horrible, man. That there's just something fun. Is life fundamentally unfair, Darren? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, we're, the kids are listening, man. They're out with the parents shopping. We want to turn those frowns upside down. Life is beautiful, children. Life is beautiful. As long as you put in the hard work, things usually work out well in the long run. 1-800-849-2761. You might not win a Super Bowl, even if you're one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but in the more general sense, things usually work out well. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. I gave you the blossoming dollar numbers in the NFL, the blossoming dollar numbers in Major League Baseball. And if you're skeptical of that theory that I brought up with Garrett Cole getting that mega deal with, of course, the big spending New York Yankees, nine years, $324 million for the former Astros ace. He's 29 years old, so you're still getting him in his prime. I don't know what it'll be like to pay him an average of $36 million a year when he's you know, 37 and 38, but that's a problem for later. If you're skeptical about the idea that not only have 10 straight World Series champions been in the top half of MLB spenders. Three of the last four, by the way, have been first, second, third, or fourth. Last year, the Nationals were third, the Red Sox the year before were second, and the Cubs in 2016 were fourth. So, no, you didn't buy a World Series. None of those teams were number one in payroll, but they were all top four, three of the last four, with the Lion Cheat and Astros being the one exception to that rule. If you're skeptical of the importance of that money, let me ask you this. If I sent you on a holiday shopping spree just as a representative of the David Glenn Show, you know, I, I'm kind of short on time. I need you to buy for Darren. And uh, intern Will was really good on the tailgate tour. And, you know, the Storm Squad, the Hurricanes cheerleaders, helped us a lot as well. So let's get some stocking stuffers for them. In Major League Baseball, there are teams as low as $50 million payrolls and teams higher than $200 million. If I sent you on the David Glenn Show holiday shopping spree with $500 versus $2,000, 
Do you think there'd be a difference in what you came back with? I, I think there might be. And again, there are only rare teams that spend that low in Major League Baseball. But even when you cut out the bottom seven or eight really small budgets, the midsection of Major League Baseball is being outspent, outspent by a multiple of two by the Yankees of the world. You know, $200 million plus versus $100 million and change. If I, if I gave you, you know how some people buy each other car for Christmas and there's like a bow on top of the car in the driveway. Again, think of the multiple. If you're Tampa versus the Yankees, it's a times four multiple. If you're a routine MLB team versus the Yankees, it's a times two multiple. What if I want to put a bow on your car in your driveway on Christmas? Do you think it matters if I say, you know, you, will you get a $50,000 car? Uh, Darren, you get a $100,000 car. And, of course, my favorite Storm Squad member, whoever that might be, gets the $200,000 car. I mean, Will's still going to be happy, right, with his $50,000 vehicle. I mean, that'll take you a little ways even today's world, right? You're going to be even happier. I imagine you no would doubt. have more options. No the $100 million general manager in baseball, you've got the 100000 to spend as I just can't wait to see what car is in your driveway with a bow on it two weeks from today, Darren. But that Storm Squad cheerleader is going to really like the 200000 isn't she? I don't know what she's going to get. I'm, I've never shopped in that price range for a car, so I don't even know what my options might be. <laughs> Maybe she does. Will has a smile. Darren's smile is even bigger. But I think the Storm Squad cheerleaders Christmas will be the merriest of all. 1-800-849-2761. Whether it's a multiple of two or a multiple of four, it matters on Christmas, and it matters in Major League Baseball. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls, including on the holiday question of the day. If you could give any gift to any coach, athlete, franchise, team, or other sports figure, college or pro, what would that holiday gift be and why? We have goofy answers, serious answers, thoughtful answers, wise guy answers, and many more. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Kawhi Leonard returns to Toronto tonight. Tiger Woods picked himself as a playing captain to go out with the first pairing while representing Team USA in Australia tonight against the international squad. His playing partner will be Justin Thomas. Remember, friend of the program, Webb Simpson, is also part of Team USA as golf swings back into the spotlight in the form of the President's Cup tonight through Saturday night. Keep in mind, because of the time change, golf usually would be Thursday through Sunday, right? If there's only one thing I can tell you as a golf fan about the President's Cup, remember that Australia is so far ahead of us that it's still a Thursday to Sunday tournament in their time, but that equates to us. Round one is tonight. So your TV opportunity to watch the President's Cup, and, it, and they describe it as the Thursday action, is East Coast time Wednesday night. Like, forget any analysis or Webb Simpson or Bryson DeChambeau and who's going to be the star for the international team. Will it be Hideki Matsuyama of Japan? Will it be Louis Oosthuizen of South Africa? Will it be Adam Scott on his native turf there in Australia? Will it be Abraham Anser of Mexico to our south? Will it be a representative of Canada or China or Chile or South Korea? 
those, what was that, eight different countries, I think, make up the 12 men on the international team. Throw all that analysis out the window. Just remember, their Thursday morning and afternoon is our Wednesday night, which means if you tune in on Sunday for perhaps the thrilling Sunday finale, you know, the 12 singles matches, there's all sorts of strategy on the first three days, but the last day, as in the Ryder Cup, is just 12 singles matches. Every one of my guys against every one of your guys in whatever order we want to put them. If you tune in this coming Sunday for the thrilling final day of the President's Cup, you will be disappointed to learn that in our time, that thrilling final round actually happened on what we call Saturday night. 1-800-849-2761. Just a little viewing tip from your friends at the David Glenn Show during this holiday season. Tim Brando from Fox Sports on college football and other things in about 45 minutes. Author Bethany Bradshaw has another outstanding book out. She'll join us in hour number three, perhaps hit you with a gift idea or two. Her latest book on Fork Union... Fork Union Military Academy Athletics, specifically basketball. Bethany and Brando, third hour. More of your calls on the other side. The NFL, college hoops. College football, the NBA. The NHL, the President's Cup in golf. Big signings in Major League Baseball. Those are among the things on our mind. You could be next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. show tim brando is going to drop by this hour bethany bradshaw next hour your phone calls now including in our holiday question of the day since it is two weeks before christmas we are tapping into your creativity perhaps even your sense of humor sometimes your thoughtfulness if you could give any gift to any coach athlete team franchise or other sports figure college or pro what would it be and why it is the holiday shopping season we are doing that in the sports radio sense mike is in winston-salem jim is in wilmington you can be next at 1-800-849-2761 let me go to jim we talked about the coaching carousel eli drinkwitz has left app state for missouri doug gillen the mountaineers ad is in the running for the cincinnati job so it may be a really high transaction time in boone that complicates the coaching search unless you promote sean clark your interim head coach uh the offensive line coach who's going to lead the team to the new orleans bowl uh, in what about 10 days from now against uab jim in wilmington has a holiday gift idea i believe for coach drink go right ahead yeah, actually, I have two. One would be for um, the Missouri football program to get a gift of a three-year probation from the NCAA <laughs> for no particular reason. <laughs> and for Coach Drinkwitz, I want a big bag of coal. <laughs> are you an App Those Are you an App State fan? Absolutely, okay. my boys are up there. So. How, how do you How do you describe Jim? And I appreciate your creativity with your holiday gift. Bags of coal. You guys are too good to get bags of coal from Santa Claus on Christmas. Uh, Jim, how would you? What would your educated guess be? In Mountaineer Nation, how many are mad at Eli Drinkwitz, and how many are saying, "You know what? If I could quintuple my income, I'd probably have left after only one season as well." I think probably 
uh, half and half. But it's just this one seemed a little bit weird to me compared to the, you know, with um, uh, the old coach um, Scott Satterfield. Yeah, that was yeah. that was you know he was there for a while and he kind of knew that was coming. You know, this was kind of a. Yeah, I don't. I don't think really anybody knew it was coming, but you know it did happen. But still, it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, I've been around long enough to know every fan is different. First of all, I've brought up the example from 20 years ago, 22 years ago. Mac Brown builds UNC into a top five program, takes the Texas job. Now, everybody who knows anything about college football knows that Texas is a better job than UNC. He was making more money. He had an avenue to a possible national championship there, which he, of course, ended up accomplishing with Vince Young and the Longhorns. It would have been even more difficult by a lot, I think, to challenge for a national title at UNC. We'll never know for sure at the end of that run. But he left, and because he spent 10 years there, there was less of the stepping stone feeling. There was less of the you know, nomadic hired gun coach is always jumping to the biggest paycheck, et cetera. Ten years is a lot different than one year. And I, I, I as a follower of college athletics, I don't think hired gun in somebody, when somebody spends ten years there the way Mac Brown did the first time. I don't think hired gun, selfish nomad, when Scott Satterfield leads App State, his alma mater, he makes the smooth transition from FCS to FBS – so he helped you at one of the most pivotal points in the history of your athletic department, and he made it work. You were the big fish in the small pond. It was a little scary to jump into the bigger pond and nothing to be afraid of because Scott Satterfield made it work with barely a wrinkle, right? And already they're the best team in the Sun Belt, and already they won three straight Sun Belt titles. And when that league created a championship game for the first time, guess what? App State not only played in it, they hosted it with Scott Satterfield, and they won it, et cetera. So that, to me, doesn't feel like a nomad, doesn't feel like a hired gun, doesn't feel like a selfish act in any way. You built something special. You decided you wanted to both have another challenge and make a lot more money. Most of us don't blame people for jumping to bigger, better jobs and higher incomes. It feels more hollow. In the end, I'm not going to hammer Eli Drinkwitz for quintupling his income. Again, he could get fired at Missouri and because of buyout money, make more money with the Tigers in three years and then getting fired than he would have made in a decade at App State if, if everything went well. So wait a minute, if I go to this big job and this big conference and I'm terrible, I'm still going to get mega millions of dollars? Yes. And if I'm successful at App State for a whole decade, uh, which is hard to do, by the way, harder to sustain something than to win with Scott Satterfield's players. So how would that have gone? Now we'll never know. But I don't blame the guy for jumping to that security. It just feels more hired gun when a guy goes from saying this is not a stepping stone job to using it exactly as that, a stepping stone. 1-800-849-2761. Mike is in Winston-Salem and next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DG. Hey, man, what's going on? You a Yankees fan? I'm a diehard Yankees fan. So you got to be happy about Garrett Cole, man. I'm I'm a little oh. excited about getting D.D. Gregorius for my Phillies. If I were in your shoes, I'd be doing backflips about Garrett Cole joining your starting rotation. Well, about D.D. Gregorius, I think if we didn't get Garrett Cole, I believe we would have signed D.D. Yeah. for another year. Yeah. But with Garrett Cole and the Yankees not making a World Series appearance in the last decade, Brian Cashman had to bring in that big fish, or I think he would have been fired. And when they looked at Strasburg and Cole, and Strasburg went off the market on the first day, 
of uh, the winter meetings. I don't think he had any choice but to bring in Cole. Yeah, and it is, by the way, for those wondering, it is not the biggest contract ever, but it is on the short list. Nine years, $324 million, average of $36 million a year. The others, of course, in that neighborhood include Mike Trout's extension. Mike Trout's extension with the Angels was over $400 million. Bryce Harper, of course, last year to my Phillies, $330 million. John Carlos Stanton's extension with the Yankees was $325 or so. So Garrett Cole, that's the first pitcher on that list, right? $324 million over nine years. He's only 29. His numbers are off the charts. He was brilliant for the Astros. It's a great day for Yankees fans. There's just no way to, to slice it other than that. The question becomes, you know, how much the – the, the, the way the luxury tax works – I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but the Yankees, of course, are, and and he pointed out the lack of World Series, true, but they're also in the playoffs almost every year. Uh, It has been exactly 10 years since they won it all. When you are a repeat offender, they call it, I think, as a luxury tax payer, there are some franchises that only once or twice in their history did they ever go into the luxury tax. The Yankees do it. I'd have to double-check recent years. But I think the Yankees have been in the luxury tax for 17 seasons in a row. And the way the rules work, if you only stumble into the luxury tax one time, like you just feel like this is your year and you're going to maybe overpay for this guy or that guy and you're just going to make a run at it. The way the luxury tax works, you got to pay a 20% premium on every dollar you spend over a certain level. And a 32% premium on every dollar you spend after a higher threshold. When you're a repeat offender, those percentages go up. So it gets to the point where, like, you're paying insane that those extra contracts, the ones you add on once you're, like, already at $200 million, it really is close to the point where money must not matter to you at all. Every other major league franchise at some point is saying, I don't mind spending some but I need value in return. The Yankees spend so much money so consistently that they don't mind being the repeat offender. I think the Yankees are close. The number of times the Yankees have been in the payroll or the luxury tax is similar to the number of times that like 25 other teams combined have been in the luxury tax. That's how... They have reinforced, long after the George Steinbrenner days, that's how they have reinforced that in the only major sport without a salary cap that we follow most closely, they want to continue in that Steinbrenner mold, and they're not afraid of paying taxes or going past thresholds or who knows where the number ends up, but it's going to be, I think, again, well over $200 million in a league where – Middling teams have $100 million payrolls, and small market teams, in some cases, have $50 million payrolls. It's just an unbelievable picture, as the Yankees can do what the Patriots can't do. No other dynasty, you know, pick your favorite in any sport. You can't, you just can't spend two to four times as much on players in those other sports that we follow. You can't do it. What do we talk about in basketball? You got your big two or your big three. Well, how are you going to fill out your roster now? Because you don't have enough money to spread around to stay under the salary cap in the NBA. Same with football. Part of the genius of Belichick and Bob Kraft is, yeah, they pay Brady, and they pay a rotating cast of other key cornerstone players, 
but then they somehow fill out their roster, stay under the salary cap in a better way than everybody else has figured out a way to do it, at least on a consistent basis. In the NHL, in the NBA, in the NFL, there are serious competitive restrictions on you. You end up having to be smarter than everybody else is the bottom line. There, you still need money, of course, and there's thresholds in those sports, bigger spenders and lesser spenders. In baseball, you still need to be smart to win it all. But, man, as these numbers show, 10 straight years the World Series champion came from the top half of meaning the top 15 payrolls in a 30-team league. That's not mere coincidence. Does it mean you can buy a World Series? Not exactly. The Yankees have been among the biggest spenders and haven't won one in 10 years. But does it get you in the hunt in a way that the bottom 15 teams have failed to win a World Series for a full decade or more? Yeah, it gets you in the hunt. You still better stay healthy. You still better outsmart your other big spenders if you want to raise that trophy in baseball at the end of the season. Tim Brando from Fox Sports, one of the great play-by-play men on college football, college basketball for a long time. He's actually headed into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame this coming year. He joins us on college football, his own eight-team version of a college football playoff, and other things next on the David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four (laughs) ties, not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls a little bit later, including on our holiday question of the day. If you could give any gift to any coach, athlete, team, franchise, school, or other sports figure, college or pro, what would that gift be and why? We'll get to more of those calls. Some other NFL, college basketball, college football, of course, NHL and NBA. The President's Cup is underway later today. Major League Baseball has big signings left and right. Our next guest is passionate about a lot of sports and one of the great play-by-play men in some of our favorite sports. From Fox Sports, Tim Brando rejoins us. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I enjoyed your personalized eight-team college football playoff (laughs) bracket that you posted at Tim Brando. Uh, Remind us, in a world where the contracts for bowls and the playoff go all the way through 2026, do you believe that this debate will be revisited leading into those expiring contracts, or do you believe we could actually grow past four teams between now and then? I think there's a chance, David, that we could grow uh, prior to. And I think the reason for that is I, I believe that the, the suits that ESPN have a brain. I think they know what's going on. I think they understand it. It's all up to them, really. The people that are in the people that are in governance of college football sit in the offices of Bristol, Connecticut, and they know that the circumstances that they face right now are not good with, with postseason ratings. They are not delivering to their advertisers what they promised. And we had a series of blowout games in recent years. Now, that may change this year, and I hope it does. I hope we have better college football teams this year than we did in the past in the college football playoffs. But uh, in recent memory, most of these games have been dreadful blowouts, uh, and we may have that again. Uh, and if we do, and with these games being played after, gosh, what, what do we have? Here, 
playoff, most of the country is disengaged during this three-week layoff. And I submit to you that if we had one week less and we had eight teams playing and we had on-campus environments for the first round of these games, how much more fun would it be? How much more fun would November be? How much more engaged would the entire country be if their teams and other parts of the country were in? Now, I've, I've seen some, and even Chris Dollar uh, hit me with a uh, tweet last night. It wasn't personalized, but he was coming at, you know, I, I understood his drift, and I responded to him. Uh, even if we had eight, the chances of there being, uh, especially at home fields, uh, the winners winning out and us having the same four teams would be there. That's not the point. You know, I've got no problem with the best teams playing in the in the final four games. My problem is that most of the country is disengaged from college football. And, frankly, the entire regular season they're disengaged because the only thing that matters is who's in. So, at the end of the year, people are trying to find out, well, who plays for Utah? Who plays for Baylor? Who plays for Minnesota? Because all they care about are those teams that are always seemingly in the Sun Belt Invitational. And that's how we can help. That's how we change it. It's not about changing who the winners are. We're not trying to prop up those less fortunate. We're trying to engage the entire country. And that's what college football is missing. And the people that are in governance, that are running the college football playoff committee, uh, and especially the spokespersons for them, particularly Bill Hancock, give you nothing but contrived transparency. And when you need transparency the most, at the end, no no one will tell you how they voted or why they voted, the way they voted. And that's wrong, too. Tim Brando joining us on the David Glenn Show. Follow him at Tim Brando. If you haven't seen his bracket, he lays it out. It's an eight-team bracket, of course, five conference champions, three at-large bids. In Tim's world, and I think we'll get there someday, he has number one LSU against number eight Memphis. So, of course, the Tigers and the group of five are represented. He would have number two Ohio State against number seven Florida, number three Clemson against number six Baylor, number four Oklahoma against number five Oregon. You know these debates will have to take place whenever this moment comes. Are you um, automatically putting five conference champions in? In other words, if, if Virginia had upset Clemson or, or there's some other kind of, you know, last year it was Pitt playing Clemson. Yeah. Would you have yeah. had like a seven-win ACC champion in there, or do you think that's, you know, worthy no. of more debate? No, David, here's how you handle that, okay? You there's, there's a reason for a committee. You don't need a committee to do what this committee right. is doing. We need to get rid of all this subjectivity and allow you know championships uh, that are earned on the field to matter. But in the case of conferences that do have two divisions, whereby a team can win a division with three or more losses, when that happens, you put in a clause in the contract that so states that if your champion that represents your league has three or more losses. That champion is subject to a review, and that review panel, which will be made up of our committee, will determine who then will represent your league if not your champion. So that's how you handle it, okay? It's pretty simple. This isn't hieroglyphics. We don't need to make it something that it isn't. Uh, there are more deserving teams that are – if you happen to believe that that three-loss team played an incredible schedule right. and earned it, fine, they're in. But if the committee deems that those losses were bad losses, for instance, a Georgia losing to a, 
foreign-aid South Carolina. Can't have that, okay? Then you find a suitable replacement for that three-loss champion. So then you rid yourself of that problem. And remember, in Tim Brando's Elite Eight, if you will, Georgia, despite being five in the committee rankings, is not represented. Absolutely. They don't get exactly. That was a bad loss, and they also got boat race in the championship game. And if someone says, well, but on the field, they lost to Florida. I'm sorry. Florida evolved and had a very good finish. You know, college football is about evolution. You can't always go head-to-head especially with the inequality of schedules in college football. This weekend offers us, of course, Army-Navy in terms of actual action. It also offers us the Heisman Trophy presentation in New York City. I forget if you have a vote or not, but LSU quarterback Joe Burrow is expected to get it. Uh, there will be four guys there, Oklahoma QB Jalen Hurts, and then the Ohio State teammates Justin Fields and Chase Young. Um, I, f- I forget. I think you guys are asked what not to dis- – display your vote, but what can you share more generally about uh, Saturday night on uh, ESPN? Well, let's just say it was the easiest vote I've ever made. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, yeah. And I've been voting. I've been voting for a long time. Um, gosh, I think since before I was at CBS, back in my ESPN page, uh, I had it. So that's the point of the 34 years I've been doing this nationally, at least 25 of those years I've had a Heisman vote. Uh, I don't agree with two players from the same team being invited. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor or Chuba Hubbard, uh, either one of those two incredible backs, uh, both of them uh, should have been invited. There's no reason not to invite five, and I don't care what the vote tabulations are. Uh, it's a regionally biased vote. I think we all know that. Uh, the Heisman Trophy has always been a regionally biased vote. It was its very foundation it was about regional bias. So I'm okay with that, but I do think that it's, uh, you know, I know it's something Ohio State can be proud of, but I just think it's a glaring omission not to have, you know, two players of the caliber of Jonathan Taylor who set all kinds of records, not just this year, but in past years, and Super Hunter as well, who even I named him as a running back this year, not be invited as a travesty. Now, for most of these kids, and this is the way I do it, um, David, my first-place vote is for the guy I obviously believe uh, will win it. My second-place vote is the guy that I think, uh, if I'm going to vote someone first, then the guy that I believe I'm going to vote second is is the guy that I would rather win it. If he has to win it with second-place votes, so be it. In other words, the second-place vote is sort of a national vote. Yeah. Um, who did I think had the most impact nationally other than the guy I'm voting for first? And then my third-place vote is not, is always for a guy that I don't think will win it, but a guy that I most want to see invited, hmm. okay? Uh, and and, and, and that, that's, that's, why, that's the category that I think Chuba Hubbard and, uh, and Jonathan Taylor both fit in. As we let you go, we're 17 days away from those semifinal matchups. You've gotten an eyeful of a lot of these teams as a play-by-play man. Uh, the conventional wisdom is that thanks to Joe Burrow and that LSU offense and an Oklahoma defense that is not very dominant, 
that semifinal matchup is a little bit less complicated to predict. Uh, whereas two versus three, Ohio State Clemson, man, you got two of the best running backs in the country, two of the best quarterbacks in the country, two of the best defensive players in the country. Do you see any advantage between the Buckeyes and the Clemson Tigers on December 28th? I think the unknown with Clemson uh, and the chip on their shoulder because they're an unknown makes them dangerous. There's a reason why the narrative going into uh, the, the, the vote this past weekend and the determination that LSU would be won over Ohio State was such a big deal. And didn't you notice that Ryan Day, uh, not only was he lobbying, which all coaches are supposed to do, but did you not notice the disappointment when, when he wasn't number one? Uh, the note, you know, I did. I noticed it very big. It was all over his face, and and the understanding that they got to go to Arizona yeah. rather than come to Atlanta. I think all those issues. Urban Meyer talked about it on the set uh, post game with our big noon kickoff people on Fox because it was very real. He certainly understood that Ryan Day wanted to remain number one for that very reason. And Clemson's a bad matchup for Ohio State historically. Uh, their speed and their quickness is something unlike uh, anything Ohio State sees during the regular season in the Big Ten. Look, there's great teams in the Big Ten. I did a lot of their games. Wisconsin, I thought, had a very good shot against them the second time around yeah. because of the way they had played, and they did. They should, they proved that in a half. But the, the Buckeyes also in the second half said, okay, we're the, we're the champs and we're going to prove it to you by, by shutting them out. I think Clemson is a really bad matchup. Ohio State. Uh, and I think that the potential of them having a large victory is is real. And I think that's one of the reasons why you saw the concern that you did uh, from Ohio State. Now, as for LSU-Oklahoma, <laughs> there's a very real belief, I think, out there that that's the, the one that's going to be the blowout. And frankly, Jalen Hurts' record is unblemished against LSU yeah. three times as an Alabama quarterback. Yeah. And Oklahoma's got a guy in CeeDee Lamb that LSU hasn't seen quite yet in college football, so we'll see. But um, that's the one if you're looking for a potential surprising outcome in terms of point differential. I think it might be Clemson absolutely mauling Ohio State. His name is Tim Brando. He is a fun follow on Twitter, at Tim Brando, Fox Sports broadcaster, and headed into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. I'm up against a hard break, so I'll just say congratulations on that, and thanks for the time, and happy holidays to you and yours from the David Glenn Show. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. You got it. Bethany Bradshaw still to come. Your calls, too, on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Hour three will begin with an invitation for more of your phone calls. We have a Kawhi Leonard homecoming with the Toronto Raptors tonight. How would you receive the guy who helped you win your one and only NBA title, but then exited through the free agency door after only one season? Is it all warm and fuzzies and a standing ovation, or is it more complicated than that? 
You can join us with your answer to that question. Our holiday question, since it's two weeks before Christmas Day, if you could give any gift, be creative, to any coach or athlete or school or franchise or other sports figure, college or pro, what would that holiday gift be and why? NC State needs really good lawyers. I don't know if they fit as in as a stocking stuffer, but that was a pretty good answer from Tommy and Mebbin. You can be next on that question. I have more on the President's Cup. Baseball signings, a big win by the Canes, and some college football, 1-800-849-2761. Next. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.